the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, still have some fun with the plagiarist up there at Harvard and in the White House, Joe Biden. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that stuff is uh, is interesting and fun to talk about. But you know what? Right now, there is no border. There are six million illegal aliens running around America, and uh, the authorities have no idea who they are or where they are. No idea. Zero. Uh, then I guess we have loose tabs on another three million. You keep it up. You keep it up for another year and a half, two years. There will be no country. There will just be, it'll dissolve. It will not, a couple of things could happen. Number one, these votes will be, uh, these people will be turned into votes, Democrat voters. Even if they don't vote that way, they will be represented as voting a certain way. Also, you know, they're coming in with all these, they believe in who the hell knows what, anything. You come here, you don't have to take the oath, you don't have to take the oath of citizenship, you don't have to... Uh, and some of them are, I think, hell-bent on destroying this country. I mean with guns and weapons and knives and gas and chemicals, whatever they can get their hands on. What's that old adage? When you uh, flee from a war, uh, you take your family. When you go to war, you go by yourself. Why are all these men, single men, age 18 and what, 49 or so, why are they coming here by themselves? Where are their families, huh? They're coming here, a lot of them, to go to war. And the people who I trust the most on this issue, uh, General Blaine Holt, Fred Flights, Gordon Chang, they are very, very concerned, and they are uh, sounding the alarm, These people, especially Gordon Chang. They're coming here to, uh, well, to kill us, to kill us, to kill America. Uh, that's happening. It's uh, no kidding. It's a diabolical, real plot. Joe Biden... Who knows why? Actually, who does know why? Who does know why he's going along with this? Who does know why that he says, well, we can't fix the border until we get more money? Are you kidding me? You look at all the assets, resources, the armies, the departments, the agencies. Man, let me in charge for five minutes. Let Donald Trump in charge for five seconds. This is not a money situation. This is a will situation. This is a policy situation. This is this is just get it done. We have the resources. We have the guys. We have the tools you could fix it like that. You could fix it momentarily. Go back to what it was under Donald Trump. Remain in Mexico. Makes sense. And oh, while we're at it, let's start bombing the cartels. Yeah, what the hell? If this was not a legitimate military target, what is? What is? We bombed the hell out of uh, Iraq. What was the legitimate military target over there? What were the legitimate military targets, uh, you know, and, pfft, <laughs> this is a threat to national security, plain and simple. See the people dying all over the place. Anyway, it's just a man. So there are, you know, we have our fun issues, and uh, and they're important too. You know, the culture wars and the culture wars. Hey, I mean, I don't want my children hanging around with drag queens in school and a lot of other corrupt ideology and polluting their head before they're strong enough to know what's what. Um, so that's not unimportant hey did you see that plane that crashed in in japan it was pretty wild I, I it happened basically while i was on the air this plane crashes or lands is clear to land a great big japan airlines jet is clear to land at some airport in japan lands on top of a coast guard plane it wasn't the airliner's fault by the way it looks like the coast guard guy the coast guard pilot 
took to the runway, even though the tower told him to uh, uh, hold short of the runway. Hey, you know what's interesting? Uh, it was a Japanese plane that hit, hit another Japanese plane. Do you know what the controllers speak? English. The international language of aviation is English, standardized. Uh, but that's not the most interesting thing. The most interesting thing is that these planes collided. It was at night, and um, everybody on the airliner survived. Everybody, 379 people, walked out alive. Everybody on this little, small Japanese Coast Guard plane was killed. But what's really wild is that plane was engulfed in flames. I mean, just an absolute, just an inferno. And somehow the people got off. Somehow they got off. They call it a miracle. But I don't think it's just totally a miracle. It's that the Japanese people are disciplined, orderly. They listen to instructions. And, well, they got out of there safely. Can you imagine if the same thing happened in America? You see the videos, right, from airlines, right? I mean, people people go to DEFCON 5 over a crying baby. People, there are fights. There are riots about missing luggage. People attacking uh, ticket counter agents and stewardesses and people fighting each other on these planes all the time. There is no cohesion anymore there's no unity there's no every man is out for himself we have no it feels like we have no country i just shudder to think you know what i think it would have been 379 people dead if that happened in i don't know milwaukee sorry but this is a very low point right now it's a low point for america for americans and we're not all on the same page remember what do they say uh, uh, september 12th what it was like in this country you know, I mean, I was no George W. Bush fan, but you know what? Even I was hoping for the best, rallying around W in a moment of crisis. Sure, rallying around the flag. If something cataclysmic happens again, and let's plead, but I really hope not, but it could happen. You think anyone's going to rally around? I mean, everybody will be off in a different million directions. They'll be trying to blame Trump. Some people blame Biden. You'd be, it'll be a blame game right away. It'll be uh, fingers pointing, and it just, I, I don't know, and transgenders will object. They'll think the whole whatever happened was somehow um, misanthropic or transphobic or whatever, right? We won't, we won't behave as a healthy country behaves. We're not a healthy country. We are a sick country. We are very, very sick. We are lost. And one of the many reasons why we are so lost is we have been we've been polluting ourselves. Yeah, with the internet. Yeah, with uh, television. Yeah, with well, with drugs and horrible food and soda, like Coca Cola. One of the worst things you could ever do. I am so glad I'm all, I'm on a good streak right now. What is it? January fourth. All right, that's not much of a streak. But no diet coke so far. Not one soda in 2024. I want to keep it up. I've had candy bars, I've had this, I've had, that, I've had other things, Fritos. I said I was going to lay out the Fritos, but so far, no Diet Coke. Diet Coke, Coca-Cola, weighing in on the Georgia election law. Hey, there's a new uh, Biden commercial, the very first one. Is this the first one? Yeah, this is the first one of the season. Uh, wait a second. Hey, did you see Vivek Ramatswamy? Let's stop everything. You know, Vivek Ramatswamy got a um, an endorsement by this guy, Stephen King in Iowa, Stephen King is a congressman who's a bit uh, – there's a lot of controversy about I would not recognize Stephen King if he walked in the room, but he, was, he has said some controversial things over the 
past whatever, however long he's been in Washington. Some people say he's a racist, he's this, he's that. The fake news says that. I don't believe the fake news, so who knows what he really said. So Vivek gets the question, right? Uh, do you condemn white supremacy? Listen to this, man. What a, I mean, are we sick of that question? Of course, nobody believes in white supremacy. It's a ludicrous ideology. Four guys in prison and a few in the woods believe in it. But that's it. Listen to Vivek. Go ahead with that, please. Oh, you don't have it? Oh, man, we all were. Oh, well. It was so good. All right, I'll come back to it. Vivek just uh, crushed the fake news, a Washington Post reporter who said, how can you accept this endorsement from a known white supremacist? And he's like, excuse me, but, <laughs> and then he just goes to town on her. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, although I don't think Vivek is going to win. I think Donald Trump is going to crush the opposition and move on to New Hampshire. The establishment is, oh, they are so hopeful that what's his name or what's her name? Nikki is somehow going to stop Trump. I don't think it's going to happen. I think what will happen is another uh, really commanding performance by Trump and who will be launched from this campaign really in very short order. You're going to see the end of DeSantis. You'll certainly see the end of Chris Christie, who's getting very, very nasty. Nobody nobody wants to listen to what he did as governor uh, 13 years ago. <laughs> nobody, nobody cares. And the thing that I he tries to say that Donald Trump doesn't have the temperament. What about all the times he would walk up to regular people and call them an idiot on the boardwalk walk? Where he told that, uh, remember he told that veteran that he didn't belong in school. He should, uh, he, he's an idiot and he should go home. Remember that? I mean, we know what that guy's all about. Oh, here's the Vivek Ramaswamy moment. Go ahead. I'm not, I'm not going to recite some catechism for you. I'm against vicious racial discrimination in this country. So I'm not pledging allegiance to your new religion of modern wokeism, which absolutely fits, fits the test. I'm not going to bend the knee to your religion. I'm sorry. I'm not asking you to bend the knee to mine, and I'm not going to bend the knee to yours. But do I condemn vicious racial discrimination? Yes, I do. Am I going to play your silly game of gotcha? No, I'm not. And frankly, this is why people have lost trust. And I know you're going to go print the headline tomorrow. I already know this. We already know how your game works. Vivek Ramaswamy refuses to condemn white supremacy because you asked a stupid question. The reality is I condemn vicious racial discrimination in this country, but the kind of vicious and systematic racial discrimination we see today is discrimination on the basis of race in a very different direction. You want to know what the best way is to end discrimination on the basis of race? Stop discriminating on the basis of race. Do that and we're going to move this country forward. And I don't care whether you're black or white or brown or anything in between. That's how we're going to unite this country. You people have been responsible for dividing this country to a breaking point, creating a projection of national division. I meet people from the south side of Chicago to meetings like this one of every shade of melanin, multiple from man to woman, doesn't make a difference, who are hungry for reviving unity in this country. And you, with your catechism that you try to get to politicians to whatever fake headline you're going to print on the basis of this conversation tomorrow, that's what's dividing this country for a break, to a breaking point. Shame on you. Look people in the eye and tell them what you've actually failed to tell them for the last five years. Own the accountability for your own failures as the media. That's how we rebuild trust in this country. And until then, I don't have a lot of patience to play the games. Yeah, awesome. Looked her right in the face and said it was a stupid question. And they have divided this country. They have all their their fake narratives, the damage they have done. And not just the media, the, the leftists who have told uh, their story to the media, and it gets amplified by the media. You know, for instance, did you see that judge who got attacked in the courtroom by that guy? Um, it was just awful. I mean, he jumped over that thing, and uh, he could have killed that woman. She was about to send him to jail, 
and uh, he didn't want to go to jail. So he rushes the bench, jumps over the thing, which is already elevated. I mean, what an athlete, this guy. Uh, he's he's in his early 30s. He's a, a three-time felon, I think. And uh, what was the latest thing he did? Uh, battery? He hit somebody? Anyway, he was going to go to jail for a while. He didn't want to go to jail, so he he jumps the bench and uh, really tries to beat her up, beat one of the guys up real bad. He's still in the hospital. So uh, now why did that happen? Let's... Let's look at the optics, shall we? I always want to look at the optics. Optics, we're always, we're never concerned about what, what the substance is, but how things look, right? Style over substance. So I happen to notice that the judge was white and the person who rushed the bench was black. Okay. Now, is it possible? Isn't it just possible? Let's think about this. That maybe, maybe that person, uh, the guy who rushed the bench may have been watching MSNBC and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and CNN. And TikTok and Twitter and uh, Instagram and uh, uh, PBS and ABC and CBS and C- all that toxic stew, right? And heard for the past three, four years, white supremacy. America is a white supremacy state. Police are racist. The whole judicial system are racist, right? Isn't it possible that he heard that? Isn't it possible that he developed a resentment of the system, especially, mm, I don't know, people not of color, like that white judge? Isn't that theoretically possible? And before you say, how could you say such a thing? You know, <laughs> Donald Trump will come out and, and, and raise questions about the election. I don't think it was fair. I don't, it, This thing was rigged. And you're going to blame everything that happened on January 6th on him, on him. Now, I actually don't believe that. Joe Biden should be locked up for lying about America and saying it's a white supremacist country. I don't. He's allowed to lie like that. That's political speech. It's over the top. I disagree with it. It's damaging. It's harmful. It's wrong. It's cancerous. But it is a free country. He's allowed to say that toxic stuff. And this is what happens. This is the kind of stuff that happens as a result. This is why everyone's looking at each other with such hostility. Have you seen it? Have you picked up on it? Right? We had a really, we were in a really good place. And then they lied and told everybody, you know what? We're not in a good place. And then guess what? We're not in a good place. <laughs> See how it works? I think I'm right. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, if you watch the fake news, and I really hope you don't, but tonight they will be jumping up and down about a new report from Senate Democrats that say, let's see here, Donald Trump received millions of dollars as president from foreign governments. Oh, my gosh, how could that happen? It sounds so terrible. Everything about Trump, right? It, it sounds terrible, right? They want you to think it's terrible. It's actually not terrible. They're, uh, he got $5 million from China. Well, all right, here's the thing. Um it's legitimate business versus corruption and bribery, all right? Uh, I do business with China, right? Uh, half the things I'm wearing right now are from China. Donald Trump, smart enough, to, he's got some property in China. Guess what? People use his properties from all over the world. Uh, that hotel in Washington, D.C., <laughs> didn't matter where you were from. The door is open to everybody, you know. At this present moment, we're not at war with China, all right? I'd like to keep it that way, but whatever. I'm friends with people who are actually from China. 
Uh, I am. They are actually born and raised in China. Quite frankly, yeah, it has crossed my mind. Are they spying on me? <laughs> it just, it, it has, but, uh, I'm allowed to do, uh, business. I'm allowed to take them to dinner or vice versa. And Donald Trump, if he has a property and he has them all over the world, yes, from, t- like, for instance, Bill de Blasio, when he was mayor, you know what? Donald Trump received millions of dollars from the city of New York in concession fees. You know, he runs that thing, the merry-go-round in Central Park, Woman Rink. They still get fees for that. Uh, the Trump golf course, at least up until about uh, two years ago, at least, they were receiving fees. Trump was from the city of New York for running that place. So this is, and they're still, yeah, it's going to be, it'll be on the news tonight. But it is so transparently bogus, even for the fake news. They can't hit this too much. They can't hit it too hard. They also can't defend Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard. So I'm going to defend Claudine Gay. You know, Claudine Gay says, if I were a white man and I plagiarized, I would not be in this kind of trouble. And you know what? She just might have a point because Joe Biden himself was busted for plagiarism as a United States senator. Big time. I mean, huge Cut 11, please. Democratic presidential candidate Joseph Biden today faces a controversy. Three weeks ago at a debate at the Iowa State Fair, he used phrases identical to those delivered by British Labor Party leader Neil Kinnock. Why is it that my wife is sitting out there in the audience is the first in her family to ever go to college? Why is Gladys the first woman in her family in a thousand generations? To be able to get the university. My ancestors who worked in the coal mines in northeast Pennsylvania don't come up after 12 hours and play football. Eight hours underground and then come up and play football. It's because they didn't have a platform upon which to stand. There was no platform upon which they could stand. All right. He did it. He did it. That's all the way back in 1987. And he gets away with it. Greg Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. I I know some people are going bananas with the uh, Jeffrey Epstein list. I don't know what this list means. List of what? List of names. What do these names do? It has not been explained. I don't know. You're on a list. Uh, Does that mean you did anything? The revelations so far are not all that. Not, Not all that. I already knew that Bill Clinton flew on that jet. I already knew he went to that little island. I already knew um, that, uh, let's see here. Well, this is not on the list, but I did know that George Stephanopoulos went to Jeffrey Epstein's house after he was convicted of sexual molestation and had dinner over there and partied his ass off and later said when they confronted him, yeah, you know that guy's a uh, you know a child sex offender and actually molested children physically. It wasn't a cyber crime. He actually, you know, grabbed him and did stuff to him and he's like oh yeah i should have done more research i knew that i knew that i knew that just by reading the regular newspaper this guy is the chairman of the uh the world news tonight the good morning uh, the this week all those shows he couldn't figure that one out something is weird very very weird um but i'm not going bananas on it because let's talk about bill bill clinton what's the big what's the big revelation so far it's not a big revelation According to Jeffrey Epstein, Bill Clinton, when it comes to girls, likes them young. 
And we don't know that from Jeffrey Epstein. We know that from some woman who worked for Jeffrey Epstein, who said it five years ago, who said that Jeffrey Epstein told her that Bill Clinton locks them young. Um, how young? What does that mean? What, what does that mean? Does he like prepubescent girls? No, he doesn't. All right. I mean, we know Bill. Cl- you saw who we hooked up with. We saw what's her name? Jennifer Flowers. We saw Monica Lewinsky. These were sexually mature women. Uh, Jennifer Flowers, very mature. Um, uh, Monica Lewinsky, a bit of a ditz, but sexually mature. I mean, definitely too young, inappropriate, 22, but that's a sexually mature woman. I just, and a lot of folks, even in the, especially in the conservative world, are feasting on this. Wow, what, what a perv. He likes them very, very young. Well, well, he just said very young. And number one, easy does it. All right, easy does it. I'm sorry, but, Lots of guys like young girls, all right? And I'm not talking about obviously. I'm not talking about obviously, right, underage. No, that's horrible and sick and, right, that's that's criminal. But to be honest, and this is just stating the obvious, people like – I'm not – all right, let me make this PG-13. I remember where I was, what I was – I was in a barbershop in Garden City. It was in 1989. And at the barbershop, this one barbershop, they had uh, Playboy magazines all over the place. And I remember the date when I saw that I was older than a Playboy Playmate. All right? The Playboy Playmates are 18, 19, 20, 21. In that case, I was 20 and the Playmate was 19. I couldn't believe it because I was still a kid. I was still mixed up. I didn't know what was going on. I was just, (laughs) wait a second. It was just, it was a real, wow, wow. And you might remember that. I've talked to other guys. They remember that moment. So let's not all be, right? I mean, for whatever reason, uh, young girls, whatever, right? I mean, right? We all know this. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Now, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible deal when it comes to uh, pedophilia and sex trafficking and all that stuff. But that comment by Bill Clinton, I'm not going to lose my mind over Maybe there's other stuff. I don't know. And I know this also. Bill Clinton was probably more into Jeffrey Epstein's jet than any girls that Jeffrey Epstein could hook up Bill Clinton with. Bill Clinton did very well by himself. Have you ever seen Bill Clinton? Have you ever met Bill Clinton? He is a an incredibly charismatic man, whether you like his politics or not. I've met him maybe three times, I think. Definitely twice. Yeah, just twice. And I got to tell you, when when you're in his presence, it's like, wow, he's like, he's like, I don't know what it is. He, he physiologically, there's something about this guy that's a little bit different. And it's, there's a magnetism, whatever you want to call it. He does very well with women without Jeffrey Epstein's help. Right. But it's always a problem for these guys, these ex-presidents and a lot of people, not the politicians, the royals, whatever, you know. Being rich these days is not what it has always been. Being rich these days is kind of, eh, what's the big deal? Because, I mean, middle class people, lower middle class people, I mean, everybody has a cell phone. 90% of our time, that's all anybody wants to do is stick around and play with their phone, right? Maybe watch TV on the big flat screen. Do you have to be rich to have a big flat screen? Do you have to be rich to get a car that 
works and is incredibly reliable and goes and goes and goes and doesn't break for seven years. You don't have to be rich for any of this stuff. Do you have to be rich to have a decent home, a decent house? No. Do you have to be rich to have air conditioning? Warren Buffett said uh, at one point, he said, the, uh, the middle class of today live better than the kings of just 50 years ago. It's kind of interesting. Um, there's just not that much that separates. There. He, he's famous for having a little ordinary ranch house in Omaha, Nebraska. Now I'm told this is kind of a, you know, almost a shtick with him and he's got other residences, but there's something to this. He wants a small house because he doesn't want, you know, servants around and maids and butlers because that becomes a whole headache and a violation of your privacy, right? So he has a small house. And then, um, and he said you can only be in one room at a time. So he doesn't like big stuff. He doesn't like anything. He doesn't need much. People don't need much. But the big thing that separates the rich from the poor these days, or the middle class or whatever, is travel. And when Warren, and he admits this, when Warren Buffett travels, he travels in immense, beautiful, just pristine comfort, his own jet. And that is the ultimate status symbol in our uh, world in our society, it is to, to be able to fly private. I guess you could say one up from that is Air Force One. Having been on Air Force One, I could well, it is pretty nice. It is, but it's not as nice as you might think. And actually, when I was on Air Force One, I was working the whole time. I was a reporter, and I had to write stuff down. And I just, oh gosh, it was a, it was a pain in the neck. But uh, anyway, you want to hear Bill Clinton bitch and moan about? Uh, flying private, uh, flying commercial. Here he is. When he couldn't fly Air Force One, he really had to fly like JetBlue and Eastern Airlines, and he hated it. Go ahead. First time I ever got on an airplane after I left the Oval Office. Boy, what a bummer. <laughs> Somebody said, when do you really know you're not president anymore? They don't play a song when you walk in a room. <laughs> and you're back on commercial air travel. Isn't that something? So guess what? He didn't want to be on. He didn't do it. He didn't do it very much. The whole object was to be rich enough or friendly enough with rich people to get your own plane, to borrow a plane or be on your own plane, rent your own plane. That's what Obama wants. That's what they all want. A lot of politicians get a taste of it, too, when they're in politics. They fly these private jets. Uh, you know, uh, Big Tobacco gets it for them. There are, they, under the rules, they can actually fly privately. They got a document. Anyway, flying private is what it's all about. And for some people, like the influencers, they take pictures. Look at Instagram. So that was the big thing with, what's his name, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. He had a private jet, and that was a big part of the draw. I'm not going to say any of these names. I don't even know any of these names. There was one name I heard on the list that I was, I'll say this name, Forrest Sawyer. What was he doing on that list? I don't know. Forrest Sawyer used to be uh, like my favorite anchor man over at ABC News when they were not fake news. Uh, he's on the list. What does that list mean? Uh, we're not sure. We're not sure. So uh, just uh, hold your horses about that thing. I will reiterate, though, that I do believe that Jeffrey Epstein is alive and well somewhere. I don't believe he's dead. So, obviously, I don't believe he uh, killed himself. <laughs> uh, I think the whole thing was, uh, and there are some very strange coincidences. I mean, just look at, you know, all the cameras stopped working at the same time, right? With that kind of money, who could he have bribed? Everybody. 
And here's a little tidbit that I still find fascinating, and I find it fascinating that more people don't know it. Um, oh, wait a second. Just, oh, by the way, Sarah Paulson is an actress, right? She's 40 years old, and she happens to be a lesbian, and her wife is 90. I'm just staring at her on New York One. She's in a new play called Appropriate. Hey, whatever, whatever floats your boat, but it is like, it is a little bit bizarre, right? Has anybody ever, and I think, oh, by the way, that's one of the reasons why maybe she gets some of these roles. Ah, probably not. She was in O.J. Simpson. She played Marsha Clark, and she was very, very good. She's convincing, and uh, she's very beautiful. But, yeah, she likes um, she likes older women, apparently, or maybe it's true love. Who knows? Um, what were we just talking about? Uh, we were going to say that other thing. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. Let's switch back to uh, – where. Oh, Bill Clinton. No, I was thought I was done with Bill Clinton. Um, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. He uh, wanted the money, and he got it. Uh, uh, um, I, I think Bill Clinton does fine with the ladies. That's not the issue. He doesn't like young girls, all right? Uh, the other thing that we were going to address that we had to address was somebody is actually texting me about what I was just talking about. <laughs> uh, let's play Harry Dunn complaining that he was uh, called the N-word on January 6th. The N-word, Harry Dunn, I think he was li- – actually, I know he was lying. Uh, he's the Capitol Hill cop, the big dummy Capitol Hill cop. I want you to hear this because it relates to the Claudine Gay Harvard situation. Go ahead, please. More and more insurrectionists were pouring into the area by the speaker's lobby near the rotunda and some wearing MAGA hats and shirts that said Trump 2020. I told them to just leave the Capitol and in response they yelled, no man, this is our house. President Trump invited us here. We're here to stop the steal. Joe Biden is not the president. Nobody voted for Joe Biden. I'm a law enforcement officer, and I do my best to keep politics out of my job. But in this circumstance, I responded. Well, I voted for Joe Biden. Stop! Is my vote not... Stop! I keep hearing about de-escalation techniques. (laughs) Aren't they supposed to de-escalate, right? Isn't that what Eric Adams is always talking about, de-escalation techniques? Here he is getting into a political debate with all these people. I don't believe a word of this stuff. Keep going. Am I nobody? That prompted a torrent of racial epithets. One woman in a pink MAGA shirt yelled, You hear that, guys? It's no- <laughs> Then the crowd, perhaps around 20 people, joined in screaming, Boo! F- He's saying the N-word, which is no horrible. No one had ever, ever called me a while wearing the uniform of a Capitol Police officer. In the days... All right, that's enough, that's enough. Now, uh, I don't think it happened that day. N-word's terrible. It's just absolutely terrible. I don't understand why uh, half the population says it and loves to say it in their music and whatever. I don't get that at all. Ugly word, but I don't know. I I have no need to say it, no desire to say it. Uh, So the, um, the word itself... Oh, yeah. He says he said it. There are thousands of hours now out there. They've released the tapes. Why don't we have anybody saying it on tape? What about the body camera? You notice that? We haven't seen that. So Claudine Gay, 
when she quit her job uh, in disgrace. I mean, major disgrace, mediocre academic, um, very, very light when it comes to anti-Semitism. She screwed up um, spectacularly. Now she's playing the race card. I'll just remind everybody that somebody else who was light on anti-Semitism and embarrassed and disgraced herself before that congressional committee, uh, the University of Pennsylvania president, had to resign the very next day. The very next day, they said, you are out of here. You stunk at that hearing. What are you trying to say, that genocide, you can you can actually promote genocide on this campus? No, you can't. So they fired her, uh, and they didn't fire this woman because, well, optics, right? Gender. Uh, race. Uh, she thought she was golden until it came out that she was a total and complete copycat. And now she writes in the New York Times, my character and intelligence have been impugned. My commitment to fighting anti-Semitism has been questioned. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, but it's full of uh, BS here. My inbox has been flooded with invective, including death threats. I've been called the N-word more times than I care to count. More times than I care to count. That's kind of interesting. More times than I care to count or more times than I can count. I'm sorry it happened to her once, if it did. Email the guy back. Email him back. Fine. I mean, I guess it's not a crime to do that, but it's uh, it's a terrible thing. But I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. How do you get her email anyway? Um, she said that the whole thing was a well-laid trap. She said she neglected to clearly articulate that calls for the genocide of Jewish people are abhorrent and unacceptable. And I would use every tool at my disposal to protect students from that kind of hate. You went into that so-called trap knowing exactly what you were walking into, and you lawyered up, and you prepared, and you knew the kinds of questions that were going to be asked, and that was your strategy. Free speech, free speech, free speech. I'm all for free speech, too, with certain limits, like a call for genocide at a private institution. If I ran that private institution, that would get you expelled. That would get you totally expelled. All right, so uh, it's everybody's fault. Oh, she took a little bit of responsibility. When I learned of these errors, let's see, most recently the attacks have been focused on my scholarship. My critics found instances in my academic writings where some material duplicated other scholars' language without proper attribution. Hmm. When I learned of these errors, I promptly requested corrections. Well, I'm telling you, that's better than what Barack, uh, what uh, Joe Biden did. Let's see here. He got busted for copying papers, too. Cut 13. At Syracuse Law School, Biden was involved in a plagiarism incident. He quoted five pages of someone else's work without proper citation. He was given an F, but appealed to the faculty and allowed to repeat the course. He got a B. <laughs> and then it is excuse. He's like, would I have been so stupid to have been so blatant about it? People know my character. They know. Yeah, we know. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, uh, I'm looking at this thing. I, uh, one of the lawyers for an Epstein victim, you know, Epstein, when was he arrested? That was in, uh, when was Epstein arrested? 2019, 2018? Trump was president. And um, they say that President Trump was the only wealthy person whose name came up in any of this that was actually helpful in putting Trump and putting Epstein away in getting him, you know, uh, the Trump Justice Department. He was the president then. Uh, I'd like to know more about that. But that's from an that's from an Epstein victim lawyer. Huh. Uh, let's see here. Russ. Hello. Oh, 
Hey, Greg. I hope it hasn't been sooner than 10 days. I know uh, Adam and I can only call you once every two weeks now, right? Uh, was that the policy? Something like that. What's up? Well, unless you get a waiver. I just want to say that, you know, in my opinion, as a Trump voter, Claudine Gay. You are not a Trump a voter. You're not a Trump voter. You despise that man. You do not like Trump. I don't like it when you and Adam, your friend Adam, you guys lie all the time. There is no way you voted for Trump unless it was a goof. Do you want to speak to my wife? Not there really. Tell you. She I, don't, wasn't I don't imagine you as a married man. I never, ever, ever pictured that. Are you really? Now you say I'm a gay man. Is that I don't, no, 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 no. I mean, I think like a, like an angry guy, you know, just angry, angry, too angry for marriage. But all right. Sorry, you're married. Let me I mean, talk. No, yeah, actually, I come to think of it. Let me talk to your wife. Is she there? Well, she's, she's all right. Now, yeah, I have a feeling. All right, Russ, what's up? Tell me. Listen, let me just finish real quick. OK, Claudine Gay is being attacked on a pretext. It's a bad faith attack. Just like it's Trump a bad. Is, uh, wait, 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 wait. It's a bad faith attack. On Claudine Gay, the one who says it's okay to call for genocide at our private institution and the academic president, uh, the president of what was the most prestigious university in the world, has copied other people's papers 50 times at least. This is this is this is not a gen like this is not a problem, Russ. Yeah, it's a problem because there's a litmus test. She should have just lied. like What's the litmus test? What's the litmus test? Wait, you're not even like you. You got that tone of voice. That's you got the tone of voice down. But tell me what the hell you're actually saying. I'm saying there was a litmus test. It was if you don't show enough support for Israel, we're coming after you. And I'll tell you one thing: Harvard, as a corporation, well, hold on a second. There are there are people raging against Israel all the time. I mean, <laughs> you got the hardcore base of the Democrat Party raging against Israel in favor of terrorism right now. Uh, you were gonna out out to get you. I mean, quite frankly, I'm all for I'm all for that. I think people should be out to get the anti terror, the uh, pro terrorists. I think that that would be great. Uh, Greg, I didn't I, want to I, bring I, this up. Greg, Greg, can I ask you one thing? I don't want to bring this up because you're probably well, then, you never call. Well, it then you. don't. What is it? Oh, let me let me guess. Well, you're going to say something about my personal life, right? Oh, you're not the first guy to go there, Russ. So what is it? Lay it on me. You were you were in the military in 1992 when the cops. Stormed City Hall and blocked Brooklyn Bridge. Your dad was the commissioner. Did he ever talk to you actually, about that? Actually, 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 you're talking about the uh, where Rudy showed up, where Rudy where was. I didn't want to. Yeah, I, I didn't, I, bring it up. It's a matter of history. What's the what what what? So 32 years ago, something happened at City Hall. You think this is going to ruin my day now, Russ? Get with the times. I hope not. What is this point? I hope not. What is this? We're not time. Call back. You you don't have to wait 10 days. Traffic jams tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.